everyone and welcome back to the WM32 Football Podcast. This week we are looking at the Premier League and both myself and Connor are going through what we believe is our team of the decade so far. So, Connor, let me caveat this first. There is going to be similar players in because there is standout players in this decade and some absolute dross players in this decade. Yeah. So, let me pull big whiteboard up. Okay, so we free team. I've got had to go big Spanish days in goal. David De Gea, five-time goalkeeper in team of the year. Five of the last ten years, half decade, decent. One season obviously stands out. That season where went to Arsenal, they beat us 3-1, we had about 47 shots, couldn't score. Amazing how we only scored one. XG had that game down as 5-2, end of 3-1. United, absolutely mad. That season, United's expected goals against was 43. Yeah. Do you know how many they conceded? Half of that probably. 28. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. Carl Walker at right back was possibly in the best defensive structure Spurs have ever had then went to City and been the best player. It's actually been the most consistent pl- player at fullback in the PFA team of the years. Only went three, only been in it three times though. So that says a lot. Obviously gone the two Mr. Consistents of the decade. I thought about throwing Koscielny in there and then I remember what he did in the summer <laughs> and his injury record. I've gone Big Yan, Mr. Consistent and Vincent Company. Scored goals when you needed him. Like no matter what, scored that goal against United in the year that they went on to win the title, scored the goal against Leicester last season. Um, my slight wild card at left back, it's Big Dave, has been a quitter. Uh, obviously played at left back under uh, some managers at Chelsea. He's also played right back and centre back. Only five to ten, but wins sixty percent of his aerial duels. Has to go in my back line somewhere personally. Um, and I don't think you can argue this one. My DM. Is Ngarlo Kante. Yes, he's only played five seasons, and it's crazy to think he's only played five seasons in the Prem. But back-to-back league titles at different clubs and improved those clubs exponentially. It was phenomenal. One of my midfielders, Yaya, like, just all-round baller. There was that season where he scored about 33 kicks. Absolutely outrageous. And then my other one, David Silva, joined in 2010, finishing at City in 2020. Perfect decade. He's ne- everyone puts that question mark over con- <coughs> over his output. Yeah. Like he's never got massive amounts of goals and assist numbers, but he's always been there and always scored it in the games that they need him, always created in the games they need him, and all- and has always been there. I put Sterling in here, which a few people that like, I went through my team yesterday with one of our mates, and he questioned Sterling, saying, "Well, he hasn't been playing that long. He's been playing in the league since 2012." Yeah. Which I I only realised when I started doing this but was a standout player in that Liverpool front three in his early time. When Suarez left, kept that team going basically on his own, then went to City and has become probably one of the top three wingers in the world. Then, obviously, Eden Hazard got his big money move in the summer. Absolutely outrageous. I remember one game where he turned Francis Coquelin into a human Beyblade. <laughs> At, like, guy, absolute magic, really, wasn't it? And then Aguero up top. I don't think you can have another striker up there, really, can you? Well, the I stuff th- he's won. Yeah. The somehow he's <laughs> never won a player of the year. He's never been in a team of the year Yeah. either, which for me is the biggest surprise because 
Sergio Aguero just guarantees you goals. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, he used to love him and Jacko used to love playing against Tottenham. So I was glad when City sold Edin Jacko <laughs> because, as I say, they just love scoring against against Tottenham. Aguero has quietened down against us in recent years, luckily. Um, but I mean, he's a thorn in anybody's in anybody's side, and you know, consistently hitting. Uh, you know, twenty plus goals a season, and it's always a different range of goals. He's even scored headers, left foots, right foots, tappings, pens, like that goal against Chelsea last season yeah. from outside the area. He can literally score any type of goal. So he's my striker, which I'm guessing you're going to try and argue in your team. Probably not, actually. Um, is there anybody though that has missed and that was close to See, to being involved? Everyone's going to question my fullbacks and go, "What about Trent? What about Wan-Bissaka? What?" And the reason I didn't put those two in and Robertson, because they've only done two seasons, same with my centre-backs and not putting Van Dijk in. Not done it over a long enough period. Yes, he was good at Southampton, but he had his flaws. And then when he went to Liverpool, made that step up. But they haven't done it for, like Walker has, three, four, five seasons. And for Walker, starting in 2011, walked into that Spurs team, was the best right-back in the league that season. Won the Young KFA Player of the Year over Bale by the way. Yeah. Right. Was outstanding then. Yes, you can say he's dropped off this season, but from his performance in goal last night... He's, he's got things covered. He's got as things he said covered. On, uh, as he said on Twitter. Um, you mentioned Bale. How close was he? Wasn't even close. Didn't play enough time in the Prem for me. If you look at... Because I searched it up when I was doing my team for wingers and centre mids. He only played four seasons. No, three seasons because he left in 2013. Yeah. So, three years in the Prem and to walk into a Premier League team over Hazard and Sterling wouldn't do it for me. Midfield-wise, is there, again, is there anybody that was potentially close? See, there was there was a few. There was a few. I thought about leaving Yaya out for Eriksen. Okay. Now, I have this thing with Christian Eriksen. Now you've mentioned it. His stats do not match his performances on the pitch yeah. because his stats will probably be up there with and that probably are up there with a De Bruyne a Silva and everything like that however his performances are unbelievably hot and cold Yeah, and that is that was why... my reason for leaving him out because he's so hot and cold there was another reason like you brought up De Bruyne there he was going to go in over Yaya so I had a four I had Rooney because of how he had but the reason he didn't get in was his Everton period because he was probably United's best player, like at the start of the decade and when after Moisey uh, after Moisey came in. Uh, Yaya obviously for the seasons he was there, he was on City's books till tw- basically twenty eighteen, um, which I didn't realise either. KDB and Eriksson, Eriksson too hot and cold. Rooney I've already said, and De Bruyne, De Bruyne sorry, went. Away to Germany, spent a couple of years there. Wasn't great at Chelsea. He's come back. Yes, he's been phenomenal, but he's had a lot of injuries, and that's the reason I put Yaya in over him. Which some people question because Yaya had his spells in and out of the team, but no matter when he was in the team, he was probably the best player on that pitch. Fair play. I don't think there's too many can particularly argue with in that particular team. So very, very good very very good team and I think that would probably win not only the Premier League but I think it would go quite far in Europe 
Just well. saying, I'm backing that team to go to a Club World Cup after playing Villa the day before <laughs> and win it. <laughs> fair play, fair play. So, I'll give this over to you. Clean it off, write your team down. Okay. I'm, I'm not worried about your team, actually, because you're quite... I've got a feeling you're going to put a few outrageous names in there that should not even walk into a... Into most Premier League sides, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm gonna be put this out there right here, right now. There's probably two that you're gonna look at and you're gonna go, right? Okay, <laughs> okay. Um, the, the rest, <laughs> the rest are pretty, pretty, pretty standard. I would I would like to think, anyway. Yeah, that's fair play, but like, I can see you going with an outrageous shout for Deli Ali in that midfield, which I will not back at all. No, no, that's uh, that's a bit too, a bit too. We're also after this going to pick a manager of the decade, which I don't think we spoke about, but I'm throwing you under the bus now. Cause... Lovely stuff. <laughs> Cheers, mate. <laughs> Not a problem, because I sprung this idea on you last week, and I'd already done a week's research, and I just went, oh yeah, next week we're doing Premier League team of the decade, and you just went, oh, I'm stumped. It took you what? This is literally yesterday. been. This has literally been one of the most hardest things to do genuinely and the reason being is because of trying to work out <laughs> who's, who's been in there but and as I'm for my team it's more about who has been in the Premier League the out of the decade trying yeah. to get the longer the longevity that, that's in why sort of like a bail won't make it into a team or of that like I saw one team have like Van Persie and I was like he had two good seasons realistically the only reason you're questioning it is because he left you lot and won the league. No, it's not. It definitely is. It's not, because he had that two good seasons and afterwards he fell off and before that he was always injured. Those two good seasons were outstanding, but to put that in over an Aguero mm-hmm. is questionable at best. I don't think you're ready for my team. <laughs> I don't, I don't, think, I don't think they're ready for it. Not going to lie to you. you. Shall we go for it? Let's go for it. Okay, my team. Oh, ho, ho. My team, no <laughs> starting with David De Gea in goal. Um, yeah. You know, been Man United Player of the Year, however many out of the last sort of, you know, I think it's four out of the last six seasons or something ridiculous, um, and has kept Man United in games and has probably been the reason they finished where they have finished. Um, you know, at certain in certain seasons. Um, so I couldn't really argue with your choice of of David De Gea um, in goal. Um, right back again, Carl Walker. Um, consistently, probably been the the standout right back in the Premier League um, over the ten years that we're looking at, um, and gave Tottenham some real dynamism down that right hand side, especially when he came in, in the, into the team under Harry Redknapp. Um, took it on, um, especially under Pochettino, and um, you know, as you mentioned earlier, was part of. One of the meanest defences in the league at, at one point um, well, and whatnot. Well, that was the thing that I forgot to point out to you. It's like one season you conceded 36 goals in a season that he played right back in that defensive structure, and the next season you conceded 28 as well. Yeah. Like they were a horrible team to play. Yeah, but I think in that particular season we had, in the season we finished second to Chelsea, we had absolute, we had pretty much everything. We had power, pace, strength. Squad depth was a little bit questionable, but 
I think that, you know, we were steamrolling teams 4-0 at home at one point. It was great. You're going, yeah, nice, easy turn up, 4-0, job done, get out. Um, Vincent Company at centre-back, you know, absolute leader in there. Been a, it was a stalwart for City, um, epitomised their journey in terms of where they wanted to get to. And um, he was actually brought in by Mark Hughes as a centre-mid, believe it or not. Um <laughs> So that's probably one of Mark Hughes' best signings he's ever made, by the way. Um, you know, got converted pretty much into a centre half, and you know, he's one of the best, the best that the Premier League probably ever seen up there with you know Rio and Vidic and and whatnot. Um, next to him, Super Jan, uh, again, Mr. Consistency, um, very very rarely puts in anything less than a seven out of ten performance um, for Spurs. Um, pretty reliable. As well, I think I can only remember him having sort of one bad game, uh, and that was the derby last season where he had a bit of a yeah. shocker. Um, but other than that, I don't think there's too much you can say to about Jan Vertonghen. and he just seems yeah. to get he's almost like a fine wine, he gets better with age. And he comes from that sort of like, um, as I've said to you before, like the class of a Vidic where he doesn't care what he has to put in the way, yeah, he put it in the way to stop it going in, yeah. And I think again, he's been. He's been a, a consistent performer, not only in the Premier League um, for Spurs, but also in, in Europe as well, and has been a major part in Tottenham climbing to, to the heights that we're at at, at the minute. Uh, left back, uh, which is one of my wild cards anyway, is Patrice Evra. Um, you know, I don't think it can go without being mentioned, really, Patrice. You know, he's, he's won everything. Um, and was very, very, again, a very, very consistent performer in in the past decade. All right, started off very, very shakily at at Manchester United, and I remember my uncle saying after he just signed that we've got the best left back in the world and the worst. And we and I said to him, well, who's the best? He went Gabriel Heinze. He said, who's the worst? He went Patrice Evra. And then Evra subsequently outstayed Heinze and has, you know, went on to captain, you know, one of the biggest clubs in the world in Manchester United. So I think that says a lot about him yes he went away um, to France and then had a short stint at West Ham um, but I think that was just Moyes bringing somebody in that he knew a little yeah. bit of cover in that defensive area for West Ham at the time um, but I think by and large you know his time at Man United um, over the decade um, warrants him to be to be in, in this team um, the other wild card <laughs> is Michael Carrick um, that's wild <laughs> I mean you say that but if you want a midfield player that can dictate play, spot a pass from a deep position, I don't think there's been anybody really, English-wise anyway, but I don't think there's anybody really been better at it than Michael Carrick. Yeah, you yeah. don't stay at a club like Manchester United for 10 years unless you've got something about you. Yeah. Um, and I think he would also give this team a bit of a balance um, as well. Um, and I think he's underappreciated. I think he was. He was a very, very good player. Because I think now, if we had a Michael Carrick, we'd be buzzing about him, and he would be a dead cert for for England. For you sure. say that Harry Winks is sort of in that mould. Yeah, but again, Harry Winks, I think, is underappreciated because yeah. people don't understand what he does. Harry Winks keeps the ball. It's yeah. as simple as that. Um, he's one of those gets it, gives it, gets it, gives it. Yeah, he's, he's the one he's a to tackle. Yeah, he's a, he's one that dictates play. And Carrick, Carrick was one that that did that very much. So I think for Manchester United and you know a few Premier Leagues in there. 
um, as well. Now on the coaching staff at, at Manchester United, and um, you know, obviously when Ole was flying, you know, it was great. Everybody was buzzing about it. But I actually think that Carrick has been quite instrumental in United off the field as well as on it um, when he played. Uh, next to him is Yaya Toure, um, an absolute machine at, at Manchester City. I don't think there's been many Premier League midfielders that have done what Yaya Toure did in terms of breaking lines from deep positions, driving forward with the ball, um, and also having end product with it, whether it be a pass or a goal or or anything like that. Um, you know, he was instrumental in a in a Mancini side, in a Pellegrini side, um, and whatnot. Um, so yeah, again, I can't not have the Ayotore in the side. The three behind them, Raheem Sterling. Um, you know, as you mentioned, been playing in the Premier League for quite a while now. Um, broken very very young at Liverpool. Um, as you mentioned, part of that dynamic front three with uh, St uh, Suarez and Sturridge. Um, quite flexible as well and quite adaptable. He could probably play across all the three slots in behind the striker um, and, pro and has done so far in his career. You know, he's only 24, uh, 24, 25. So, yeah, and I mean, now under Guardiola is proving to be one of the best in the league and if not, like you said earlier, probably in the top five wingers in the world for sure. Um, so, yeah, again, I couldn't really not have Raheem Sterling um, in there, in the number ten, one of the best players that I've ever seen live is David Silva, and I could not have him in my team. He is absolutely unbelievable. He's the only player I've seen receive the ball in between four players, turn through ball to Aguero goal. I'm just saying, like, how does he find these little pockets of space? It's, it's ridiculous. Um, you know, the City fans call him a magician, and you know, I can't. Can't argue with it at all, really. Um, he has been un a, a great servant for Manchester City, and it's been a pleasure to watch him, watch him play. Um, in the few times I've seen, you know, Spurs City and, and whatnot. Um, wide left. Now this one gave me some serious headaches, <laughs> believe it or not, because I actually forgot about this guy, and I'm wondering how. But it's Eden Hazard, and this only got put forward to me the other day, and I was there going, "How have I forgotten him?" Um, because I loved watching Eden Hazard play. Um, you know, he played in a similar type of position to me at one point as an inverted winger, cutting in real low centre of gravity when he plays. Got a massive backside as well, by the way, <laughs> um, which not many people know. I haven't been checking out his backside, but he has sure? got a massive backside. But he uses it to effect to draw so many fouls. Yeah. It's ridiculous, and actually, if I'm working with a wide player, he's the first one I tell him to go and watch, and yeah. it's Eden Hazard because of the way he manipulates the ball, his close control, like I said, his low centre of gravity, and the way he uses his body to draw fouls. It's it's crazy, um, you know. Even in the game that Eric Dyer beat up the Chelsea team, he was still drawing fouls using different parts of his body and. He's how I forgot about him. I don't know. To be honest, <laughs> that's very very poor for me, and I can only apologise to those out there. Um, up top is Sergio Aguero. Um, you know, as I mentioned, with your side, very very consistent. Top, well, you know, he's always in contention for the Golden Boot. 
Yeah. And that says everything. Um, you know, twenty plus goals a season. Um, you know, come in under Mancini, and you know, I remember his debut against Swansea's hit an absolute rascal from about thirty five yards, and you're just going, who is who is this <laughs> guy? Like, what's it? You know, and what's then all about? yeah, literally, and then. You know, seen him a few times since, and he's just his movement is unbelievable now under Guardiola. But even, even before then, under Mancini, under Pellegrini, it was he always he's always a danger man. You're always glad if he's not playing. But then City had, you know, especially under Mancini, they had an embarrassment of riches where they would bring on an Edin Dzeko or a Carlos Tevez or someone like that. So it wasn't as even as if even you're getting a rest because you've got, like I say, Dzeko who's very clever. Tevez is just a little animal, really, in and, in and around the box, um, and I'd hate to play against him, but um, yeah, I think for Aguero, you know, Manchester City's record top goal scorer, he's only been here, you know, just over 10 years, I think that says, that says everything, Mental. really. Um, so, yeah, he couldn't not be in, the team. in my team. See, I was surprised you didn't go for your man, Harry Kane, but the reason I didn't go for him was one there's Aguero and two, not done it for long enough. Well, for me, in this particular time frame, Harry Kane has probably done it for the last. Well, he's done it for say six. You know, he's well, he's done it under Pochettino's times. Pochettino, this is Poch's sixth season now at Spurs. Um, but Aguero was the first name that came into my head, and I didn't have I was, any. I was the same. Any questions about that? Um, but yeah, I didn't. I'd, obviously, Harry Kane, probably one of the best number nines in the world. Um, but then, so is this guy. Um, and Aguero's done it for a couple more years than than Harry Kane. Um, but I think Kane, if I was to probably do it again, um, Kane would maybe in in my thoughts. But I, you know, the first striker that came into my head was Sergio Aguero. To be honest. Yeah, I get you. So, your manager of the decade, have you got any inkling on um, It's not Arsene Wenger. Um, I didn't see it. <laughs> yeah. Um, manager of the decade is probably going to have to be Mourinho. Really? Yeah. And the reason being is because of the fact that when he came back to Chelsea, he... Won, I think he won something in his first season, then won the league, which is typical sort of Mourinho thing. Um, anyway, obviously I know he had, he's had spells out of the game and whatnot, and especially in England. But I, you know, coming back to Manchester United in a time where they were desperate to win big, Some. big titles, so to speak, he goes in, wins the League Cup. You know, he wins the Europa League. He finishes second with that group of players that he had, which wasn't his group of players at all. Um, you know, openly says that's his biggest achievement. You know, in in football, um, and we all laughed at the time, but now looking at it, you go in. How did he actually finish second with that group of players? Um, and yeah, for me, he's a serial winner. He will get the best out of every single one of these players as well. So. You know, I don't. I couldn't put anything past. To caveat you with that, the good times under Mourinho, and as an Arsenal fan, I really don't want this to come up, for this to happen. 
The good times under Mourinho are phenomenal. Yeah. The bad times are absolutely key and dire. Like, players will get outed. You saw him do it with Hazard, Pogba, Diego Costa. Like, he's done it with those players before. That So, my manager of the decade is he hasn't won any Prem trophy yeah. yet. And I hope he doesn't win it this season. But the transition he's taken his side from to what they are now is Jurgen Klopp. Okay. I thought about Poch because of the transition from a very, very mediocre team yeah. to a top four consistent side and yeah. challengers in Europe. They came under it. The thing that changed it with to go to Klopp, not a single player in that squad has a bad word to say about him. Yeah. Yeah. Again, can't really argue with, with Klopp. I just think with Mourinho, he's done it. He's done it everywhere he's been. You know, Premier League or not. You know, serial winner. And I think he can handle big egos. Yeah. Because I think there's a few in there. Just I also think there's a few humble ones in there. That might I add. But I think there's a few big egos there. And I think he just... Is he can handle them? I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm not saying Klopp can't do it. I just think Mourinho's just got that added extra that he's done it in different, in a few different countries, um, and he also has a level of realism. Yeah. In terms of, I mean, Klopp. I'm not saying again Klopp doesn't, but I think with Mourinho, you know almost what you're gonna get. Yeah, it might just be a two and a half three year cycle, but you are guaranteed trophies. Um, and everything like that so and ultimately yeah it's nice when you have a, a, a good style of play and you take a club from one from where you started to potentially like, for example where they are now like with Liverpool like you said but ultimately you're in the game to to win trophies and I just think with Mourinho you've got that um, with my team though I was toying with putting Alexis Sanchez in there <clears throat> I think you know, if anybody saw him at Arsenal, he was devastating. Yeah. Um, absolutely dynamite. So he come in to, to play Fabregas. Fabregas was, was one. Was close. But <coughs> I think about due to the period that he went to Barca, then came back, and then it was only one or two great seasons at Chelsea. Yeah. And the rest was sort of like he was in and out quite a lot. Yeah. So that's what like, he didn't get in my side. Yeah, again, Bale was close, but I don't think we saw enough of world-class Gareth Bale in the Premier League. Um, so that's why he didn't he didn't make it. Um, but again, very, very close. Modric, the same, I think. Um, my greatest of all time, Moussa Dembele, was close as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he him, to be fair, I would have picked him over Carrick. Um, I would have. But I thought I needed a bit of a balance to the team. Um, and, I mean, I love Moussa Dembele as much as the next person. Um, and we miss him now. Spurs, <laughs> it's, it's making me well up a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I just went with Carrick because, ultimately, he's won, he's won more than, than Moose. But, um, yeah, Dembele was, was certainly close to, to getting in there because I've seen him manhandle a a midfield three on his own. I've seen him glide past this man and leave him for dead. Um, 
and whatnot. So, yeah, I, but I think the other positions, it, they sort of pick them, pick themselves, themselves really. So, play. right, guys, thank you very much for watching. Um, we hope you enjoyed it. Um, let us know who has the better team. So if you are Team Connor, put the hashtag Team Connor. If you are Team Wes, put the hashtag Team Wes as well. Um, and don't forget to like, comment and subscribe.